a new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Christian Talk with Eric Thompson. A thoughtful podcast helping Christians navigate life. A podcast for Christ. Covering faith, family, political issues, using God's Word, the Bible. The victory is ours. Let our light shine before others so they may glorify our Father in Heaven. Welcome to Christian Talk with Eric Thompson. Hi, welcome to another Christian Talk podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm out here in the hot Central Valley, California. Hopefully you guys had a blessed day. Please share this podcast with your friends and family. This is a Through the Bible One Chapter at a Time podcast. I typically have my coffee with me, so it's my coffee with Christians podcast, but the main the main reason why we need to go through the Word of God is because the Word of God, as promised by God, when we read it and when we share it, it will not return void. It will accomplish what it was sent out to do. I'm a political writer, so most of my day is writing about the frailty, the carnality, the anger, the mistrust of government with its people, with government to government, etc. 
And in the United States of America, because the progressives have been able to take over the education system, because God is turning people over in pseudo churches, fake churches now, and this falling away, more and more people are choosing to suppress the truth of God. So they would say, I am not religious, I'm an atheist. I'm agnostic. But Romans 1 says all they're doing is they're suppressing what they know by the very nature of the earth and and just this internal understanding that we were created so that no one is without excuse. But the reason why people do not want to read God's word, the Bible, the reason why they do not want to go around Christians, the reason why they want to stay preoccupied with relying on and asking the government to be the nanny state or to be their secular God for them is because they don't don't want to deal with the conviction that comes from the Holy Spirit as they seek truth, so they they choose to live in a lie. But Hebrews 12, 4, 12, and 13 reminds us that this word of God, which is unique, there's nothing like the Bible in the whole world because there's only one God, one Savior, and one God, the Holy Spirit, that worked through 40 different men over a 1,500-year period of time on three different continents to write down God's word to mankind. Peter says everything that's necessary for godly living is in the 66 books that we have in our Bible. So Hebrews 4, 12, and 13 says that this word of God, it's alive and active. and is sharper than a double-edged sword, and it penetrates even to dividing the soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Unless you go to a fake apostate church that is distorting the word of God, that that is in a spiritual combative nature with the Holy Spirit of God, Then you can listen to a guy at a fake church, read it all day. But if you're not born from above or they're not born from above, and we know the pastor isn't, but the word of God to those who have been quickened, to those who have been born from above, it's alive. When I was young, I would read the Bible, but it didn't, it didn't mean anything. It it was like I was just reading another book, and then one day, as an adult, after being born again, all of a sudden the words are jumping off the page. So this word of God, it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart, and this is why as we read it, we get convicted, challenged, encouraged, filled with joy, filled with confidence, but filled with a 
a supernatural love and accompanying fear of the God that created us, that can destroy the soul and the spirit and the body, but who is love. And it's important that we are in the word of God and that we are pursuing his holiness and living lives that would make much of Christ because in Hebrews 4.13, it says there's nothing in all creation that's hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Now, when we're going through these times, and I'm going to do a podcast on God and government, but one of the sections deals with that God disciplines the rulers of nations. And we're in a time in the United States where there's one political party, the Democratic Party, that proudly boasts that they have adopted every cultural every cultural norm in their minds or 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 ideas that are antithetical toward the scriptures that they are the, the, everything that's in the democratic platform is at odds with God's word because see God establishes government to lift up or to help the good people, but to punish the evildoers and for the establishment of the police and the military to, to maintain a peace in the culture and then, re, and then a safety net to help the oppressed. That's the purpose of government. It's not to be an anti-state. It's not to be a socialistic apparatus that basically takes care of everyone's needs. Make sure there's all these social justice terms of equity and all that stuff. No. The government encourages good behavior, punishes evildoers, maintains peace, and protects the oppressed. But the thing about it, when governments who are set up by God, if they fall away, they also can be removed by God. Daniel 2, 20 through 21, Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, to whom belong wisdom and might. God changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. So we're in a country where the president, speaker of the house, the majority leader, the media, the false churches, they're all being controlled by this this post-Christian, pagan, father of this world following dark movement. And that is, that's what we live in right now. Now, fortunately, 
for those that are born from above, it's okay because this isn't home. Right? We are, we are passing through. And Hebrews 9.27 reminds us that, well, it's appointed for man, every man, unless we're raptured in the end, and that's who knows when, but in, it's appointed for man. God has determined when we're going to die one time, and then we're judged. Not, well, you're going to die at some point, and then you might be judged. Or if you live really good, you won't be judged. No, we're going to be judged for our good deeds and our evil deeds. If we're born, if we're in Jesus Christ, we will be on the bema seat being judged on did we complete the good works that were set out before us, but our salvation is in Christ, so we're not going to be judged for our sins, unlike the lost, the majority of the world that will be judged simply for their dark living in direct disobedience to the Holy Spirit, trying to convict them, but they were rebelled because they liked darkness over light. But again, nine, Hebrews 9.27 it's appointed for man to die once, and then after that comes the judgment. And this is why it's crucial, John, 1 John 2, uh, 15 and 16, Christians do not love the world or anything in it. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but they're from the world. So God is telling us, focus on eternity. Live in the now, making much of Jesus and the cross. Being usable joyfully as a bondservant of our Lord and Savior. But don't love the world system because it is passing away. So when we get to Leviticus 6 here, we're going to be dealing with the sacrifices again. And they had to they had to continue to offer sacrifices for the people the priest did because they constantly were realizing oops i made a mistake i am now at odds with god and so there's all these voluntary sacrifices but then some mandatory sacrifices but we we live in a time in the, the new testament the new covenant we live in a time it's it's by faith that we're saved not of works because our sin has been taken care of once and for all on the cross with Jesus Christ, the Son of God, saying, I am standing in the gap. I am the, as God, I am absorbing, I am taking on the sins of those who are the redeemed. And once we are brought into the kingdom of God, nothing can snatch us out. But Jesus said this in Matthew 7, 21 to 23. And people, the, the 
Fake churches are making Jesus out to be like a Gandhi on steroids. But Jesus told him, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven will. On judgment day, or on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, uh, didn't we prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. We always want to be pursuing our relationship with God, and we always want to live under the confidence of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, but we also want to be reflecting on, how's my walk? Am, 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 I, am I making much of my time? Am I, am I presenting, a, is my life a light that is would is bringing God much glory, or is there a lot of me commingled in the light, which makes me kind of dim? But for the people that are like, no, no, I'm sinless. I've got this figured out. I'm a good Christian. I don't want to hear any rebuke. Yes, I'm living in blatant sin, but don't judge. That's not a good position to be in. We, humility is such a key. To walking with the Lord. Humility. Not the jumping up and down, not the emotionalism, not the highs and the lows. Just saying, I didn't bring anything to this relationship, God, except my faith reacting to the faith you gave me. And my confession is that I am now understanding and I am joyfully accepting my position as a doulos, a slave of Jesus Christ, and I want to do your will all the time. That takes humility. Our flesh doesn't want to do that. It wants to do what we want to do. And this is why the world is falling apart because everybody's trying to do what's right in their own eyes again selfies and TikTok and videos and clips and look at me and look at me, look at me. I want to change my pronouns. I don't want that kind of Christianity. I don't want to, I don't want to follow those verses, blah, blah, blah. And, and that's, that's the, that is the challenge that we are dealing with as we go through life but we're going to heaven. God is good. God is love. God will never forsake us. God doesn't change. Our days already are numbered. We, we it's, we're, we're already destined to die and, and then we're, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And, and if we've been faithful, then on the beam of seat, as Christians, we'll be like, yes, God will say, yes, you were a good and faithful servant. Some people, by your faith, you're saved, but you did not do what 
for the most part what you were asked to do, but come on in because you're part of the family. All right, we'll get to Leviticus 6 here in a second. Wanted to remind you guys, inflation, if you took the last almost two years under the Biden administration's over 14% or higher, and we can all feel it. Our cars, gasoline, housing, rent, uh, medical costs, everything. Two-thirds of American families now are living paycheck to paycheck. Why? Because our income and our bills are about the same simply because of inflation. Well, if you're with AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, or Sprint, you're actually paying way too much for your cell phone service, and you're supporting companies that support causes that we do not believe in as Christians. Join the exodus of people leaving the major secular carriers. They're heading over to a company called Pure Talk USA. My wife and I switched almost two years ago because T-Mobile, my bill was all over the map with overcharges, and I'm like, I didn't save any money, which was the pitch to leave AT&T. Well, I can tell you, I'm saving a lot of money. The average family saves over $900 a year by leaving the carriers and going to Pure Talk. So go to getpuretalk.com to get information. Getpuretalk.com. Choose a plan that's right for you. If you want to keep your current phone and phone number, you just order the free SIM card on the homepage of the website. When you check out, you put in a three-letter code of FLS, F for Frank, LS. That'll give you 50% off your first Pure Talk bill, which would be about 50% of what you've been paying when the major carriers, which is why, again, $900. What could you do with $900 a year by keeping the same 5G network you're on keeping the same phones, keeping the same phone numbers. But as an extra benefit, you don't pay for overage charges for your plans on Pure Talk. So my bill is $47 a month for two iPhones on it. Every month, even if I go over my data, it's still $47. So win, 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 no, no contract. You don't get locked in. You simply pay as you go. You can switch plans anytime. Same 5G network, same tower. Better customer service, I believe. CEO is a U.S. veteran. Win, win, win. So go to getpuretalk.com. Choose a plan that's right for you. If you want to keep everything the same, just order the SIM cards, or you can buy the, the phones that are discounted. If you want to upgrade your phones, it's totally up to you, but you don't have to. When you get your SIM cards in the mail, pop them in your phones, turn them on. Bam, you are on your way to saving a lot of money with the same service and better customer service. Again, getpuretalk.com, promo code FLS. Um, over 140, 150 people, I think we're now that listen to the podcast that have already done this. So it's exciting. Okay. Leviticus six. Again, this is instructions from God to Moses to the, the Levitical line, Aaron and the priest. Verse one, the Lord said to Moses, if anyone sins and is unfaithful to the Lord by deceiving a neighbor, about something entrusted to them or left in their care or about something stolen or if they cheat their neighbor or if they find lost property and lie about it or if they swear falsely about such sin that people may commit when they sin in any of these ways and then they're convicted, they realize I really messed up. 
I need forgiveness. Then they must return what they've stolen or taken by extortion or what has been trusted to them or the lost property they found or whatever it was they lied about. They need to come out and say, remember last time in verse chapter 5, it's a sin to not step up and defend someone who's being mistreated, slandered, and when you know the truth. But God's saying to Moses, look, people are going to come to you when they've been convicted because they have been lying and stealing stuff from their neighbor, and this is what you're going to do then. This is how they're going to be get back right with me. They must make restitution in full, and then they had a they have to add a fifth of the value to it and give it all to the owner on the day that they present their guilt offering. As a penalty, they must bring to the priest, that is to the Lord, their guilt offering, a ram from the flock, one without defect and a proper value. In this way, the priest will make atonement for them before the Lord, and they will be forgiven for any of the things they did that made them guilty. So an animal had to die so they could be back in a good relationship with God because without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. This is God hates sin that much. Jesus went to the cross because God hates sin that much. It took his only son, the sinless lamb of God, to go to the cross to become the propitiation, the atonement, the offering for the sins of those who believe. That tells you how severe and how much God hates sin. So now we get into the burnt offering. The burnt offering is different because the burnt offering actually is fully burnt through. It's Once it's put on the altar, it stays on and it gets torched. The fire must be kept burning on the altar continuously and must not go out. So the Lord said to Moses, give Aaron and his sons this command. These are the regulations for the burnt offering. It's the voluntary offering when people know they have sin. The burnt offering is to remain on the altar throughout the night till morning, and the first fire must be kept burning on the altar. The priest shall then put on his linen clothes and the linen undergarments next to his body and shall remove the ashes from of the burnt offering that the fire consumed on the altar and place them beside the altar. Then he said, take off the clothes, put on others and carry the ashes outside the camp to a place that is ceremonially clean. And the fire on the altar must keep burning and must never go out. Every morning, the priest is to add firewood and arrange the burnt offering on the fire and burn the fat of the fellowship offerings with it. But basically, the burnt offering is a total burn through. No one's eating any of the meat. The grain offering, voluntary. So people, they want to just, they want to bless the Lord. They want to thank the Lord. So these are the regulations. Aaron's sons are to bring it before the Lord in front of the altar. The priest takes a handful of the flour and some oil together with the incense on the grain offering and burn a memorial portion on the altar 
as an aroma pleasing to the Lord. Aaron's in the sun, so eat the rest of it. So it's a way that people can just bless the Lord and this in, this incense and all, all of this all of this spice, it goes up to the Lord and it provides then food for the priest. Because Aaron and his sons, they eat it, but it has to be eaten without yeast, which is symbolic of sin in the sanctuary area. And like the sin offering, guilt offering, it's, it's most holy to God. Any male descendant of Aaron may eat it. The Lord also said to Moses, this is an offering Aaron and his sons are to bring to the Lord on the day he is anointed a tenth of an ephah of flour as a regular grain offering. Half of in the morning, half in the evening. Must be prepared with oil on a griddle. Bring it well mixed and present the grain offering broken in pieces as the aroma pleasing to the Lord. The son who is to succeed him as the appointed priest shall prepare it. It is the Lord's perpetual share and to be burnt completely. And then the sin offering. Sin offering is not optional. It's part of the regulations, Yom Kippur. Once a year, the priest has to go into the Holy of Holies to make atonement for the entire nation. So you have the burnt offerings. You have the meal offerings, the grains, the peace offerings, the sin offering. It deals with the sinner and the, and the problem of sin indicates payment for the sin nature and the trespass offering is when sins are committed dealing with God's holy instruments, the tabernacle and things like that, a trespass offering. It's required to make sure that the priests are in good relationship with God. The sin offering is required and it is part of the annual festivals in Yom Kippur. It has to be done just to intercede for the sin of people and the nation as a whole. It indicates payment for the sin nature. So verse 24, the Lord said to Moses, these are the regulations for that sin offering. The offering is to be slaughtered before the Lord in the place the burnt offering is slaughtered, it's most holy, and the priest who shall offer it shall eat it. So unlike the burnt offering where no one eats to meet, the priest that offer sacrifices this animal gets to eat of it. Whoever touches any of the flesh will become holy, and if any of the blood is splattered on the garment, you must wash it in the sanctuary area. The clay pot of the meat is cooked in shall be broken, but if it's cooked in a bronze pot scoured with hot water, any male in the priest family line may eat of it. It's most holy. But any sin offering whose blood is brought into the tent of meeting to make atonement in the holy place must not be eaten. It must be burned up. So what do we get out of this? These, again, are the various types of offerings, some voluntary, some involuntary, but the whole point is worship. It is, it, is, it is coming to God and saying, I, priest, I am, I, am, I am 
sacrificing. I'm, I'm giving of my resources because I know I'm a sinner. And I know I messed up and, and I continue to mess up. But right now I need to praise God. It's a grain offering without any blood. It's just a, it's just a, it's just a, a way for me to bless God. But the other ones are dealing with the killing of animals. It's dealing with a sin. It's dealing with even unintentional sin, which m- most of these are dealing with. Well, even if you don't know if they're unintentional, but once you find out. Once you realize it, because see, if you use the New Testament, unsaved people, they know they're sinning, but they don't care. When Christians, if we sin and we, we, well, let me rephrase that. When we sin, because we will always be sinful even though we've been born from above, if we, if we say something, we do something, we, if, even if we don't know we did something or said the wrong thing and the Holy Spirit shows us, we come, confess our sins, and God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us. In the Old Testament, they would bring different types of offerings based off of their what God was moving on their heart to do, and the different offerings were based off of what they needed forgiveness for or the opportunity to praise through the offerings. But the main thing about all of these is that they are God's people because they love God, fear God. They are coming to offer their offerings, their best, because they want to be right with God. And that's the position in humility. We always want to be positionally walking in step with the Holy Spirit, not going to the right or the left. Praise be to Jesus Christ that he is our great high priest He has already once and for all delivered us, and we now are blameless before God. But because we are aware of our sin and because the Holy Spirit is still working things out in our lives, we then exalt Christ to Lord, and we ask for wisdom. We ask for blessing. We ask that we would be used. We ask and pray for forgiveness when we realize that we've done wrong. But in all of it, God is good. God is love. God is long-suffering. And God will work all things out in us according to his good pleasure. And all we can do is say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Amen. All right, hopefully this has been a blessing for you. Hopefully this helps to pay where well, I'm trying to paint a big picture here of just the amount of the amount of awareness the the people had in those times and and the the energy and the obedience that they had to have 
to go and deal with and acknowledge to the priest that they had messed up, but God had given them a remedy because God wanted to forgive them. And because he did, they then had a way to be forgiven. So you guys have a blessed day. And uh, the thing about it, we are lights in this dark world. So the way to the way to be encouraged is to be in prayer, be in the Word, be in fellowship with people. Try to be involved in local studies and understand that we're here for a purpose. And that purpose is to make much of Jesus, not much of us. God bless you guys. Take care. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.